Okay, look, fam, I know there's some people in the uh, audience that would like to talk to uh, Dr. Perry, but I'm not exactly sure how this microphone work on the Q&A. Anybody know? Just talk loud? Okay, fam, I'm gonna get up for a minute. So if you could just raise a hand and then yell, yell your question out loud, I'll repeat it back. Oh, y'all scared to ask me the question? <laughs> Oh, we got a we got a question right here. How do you handle the establishment that tells people not to talk to people who might be them too much? Well, that's a great question, and thank you for asking the question. Because sometimes, you know, we as a community, we say, "I got." Oh, I'm a sorry. We, they want us to repeat the question. I'll do that. But sometimes we say, "I got a comment and a question," and we never quite get to the question. Thank you for asking the question. Question was, how do you establish? How do you how do you uh, speak to people who are told by the establishment that they should not ask too many questions? Though she never actually said it, Harriet Tubman was credited with saying that if more people had known they were slaves, she could have freed more slaves. Now, while she didn't actually ever say it, it would have been a dope thing for her to say. <laughs> the fact is that we owe it to those people who we care about to be honest with them. There's nothing more powerful than a person who comes from nothing, who stands boldly in the face of the system and can speak his or her truth, especially when their truth is not for their own gain, but so that the community could do better. Listen, folks, <laughs> life could be much easier for me than it is. The night uh, this summer, I decided, this is a true story, this summer I decided to, um, to get more formally involved in politics, which is specifically to raise money, right? Because money talks and you know something else walks. So I had to show these folks, many of whom are white, I had to show them that I can pull people together too. And we can raise money at my house. Have my little brother cook. We had to get him out of, you know, his court order vacation. But after that, <laughs> but when he got home, that's who I hired to cook. I know your sister might not be in the same situation, but you understand what you got to take care of family. So my little brother, he got out, right? Bye guys, put it in the rear view mirror, put a little couple dollars in his pocket. The night before, that fundraiser, somebody came to my house and slashed off all my tires. So you know what I did? Got four new tires. The fact is that we have an obligation to speak the truth. We have to understand that the system, and people use the word the system, and sometimes it it, it doesn't really mean anything, but this system was set up so that certain people, so the white people in particular, were more successful than people of color. It's just set up that way. That's not saying that today's white Americans have done that, but if nothing else, in many cases, they benefit from a system that was set up for them. And so if a person is truly about diversity, then they have to understand that some people have unearned disadvantages. And if you have unearned disadvantages, then some people might have got some unearned advantages. 
And until such time as they're prepared to forfeit their seat, because maybe they didn't fully earn that win, then we really ain't talking about nothing. We talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. I'll finish the, that point this way. So I was at a, a, an elite college, an Ivy League college last week. And I was in the president's um, residence. And he told a story about how there was someone in the president's residence who was visiting and he was working for Bush number one and, and whatever. And so they saw a painting on the wall and he asked them, the guy who asked, who, who was the visitor says, what do you think of that painting? They start talking about the painting, and the jokes about the painting, that's not the point of the story, but at one point, the guy who was visiting the residence, who's also an alum of that Ivy League institution said, it's a, it's a picture from the archives. It's a you know, 18th century picture. He says, that's my great-grandfather. The system perpetuates itself. Of course he was supposed to, he's supposed to be in that house, because his daddy, was in that house before him. If we don't start pointing out that which we see, then we're gonna lose another couple of generations. Because if we're being honest, right, because we're family, right? If we're gonna be honest, you wake up to the news like I do, hoping that yours are not one of either the shooter or the victim. You wake up like I do every single day, every single day, wondering, sometimes aloud. When you hear that first name, you think, dang, you wait for the last name. This weekend, my kids, my students at one of our schools went to a Sweet 15 party. Five people were shot at that party. Folks, one is in critical condition. When all the talk ends, this is what we're looking at. This is our community. Y'all can, uh, can get into the Trump conversation, all the other stuff. I'm talking about us right now. I'm talking about a closed door conversation. To us, about us. And if you don't start saying and doing something about it, and I mean not just be separately, right? Because there's clearly a lot of people here working their fingers to the bone, but as you've seen, that strategy's not working. Y'all working separately is not gonna get us there. It might get some of you there, but you by yourself, I mean, ain't you tired of being the only one? I know I am, I get tired of that mess. Look around the room like, dang. <laughs> yes, I get a tan. Yes, I can comb my hair. No, I don't eat fried chicken all the time. Like, no, right? I mean, right? This stuff is old. We have to speak truth to power. We have to do it because right now we are in a really bad situation. It's really bad. People have said, well, it could be worse. Really? If what happened? I mean, if what? Yes, ma'am. Okay, I'll erase you. Tonight we have quite a few students in the audience. So what advice do you have for them who are 
in a system that is labeling them as trouble when they're asking for more from that very system. So I'm going to say, start with you. Don't, don't, don't make them right. All those people think because you are, because you live somewhere, because your family is, because your family ain't, all those people who think that, damn, man, don't make it that easy for them. Do your homework tonight. Go into school on time. Do the simple things. Because, look, quiet is kept. As raggedy as many of our schools are, folks are coming from other countries, whooping us from front to back, and finding a way to make it to some of the best colleges in America. I'm not saying that the, even grass can grow through the crack of a sidewalk, but that doesn't make it a field. So I don't want you to think I'm saying that this is a good situation. You, I hope you hear me saying I'm trying to tear the whole sidewalk up. I hope you hear that. But until such time, because I'm not going to get to it tonight. Some of these folks in here, maybe, but not me. But to y'all, don't play yourself, man. Grow up, straight up. Look around you, look at the people who ain't about nothing, and separate yourself from them at full speed. The truth is that many people of color, especially poor people, don't have a long childhood. You just don't. So, get over it. I can't make it longer. I can't. I wish I could. God knows. A lot of people refer to their children at schools as scholars or something else. I call mine kids on purpose. And some people, why would you do that? Because I want them to feel like kids. Some girl, she was in my office this last week. Um, she's 17. I said she was a child. And she was like, I ain't no child. <laughs> because you said you ain't no child, that shows how much of a child you are. <laughs> You're 17 and you don't realize it. Shut up. I'm going to tell my mother you told me shut up. Good. She should have told you too. The fact is that you have to understand that everybody who looks like you ain't for you. Everybody with the same last name as you ain't for you. Everybody who lives in your neighborhood ain't for you. A lot of people may be against you. So what, man? Now what? See, I tell you these things up front so we don't sit and hear you bemoaning this later. Like, man, you know, I thought my father was going to come. He didn't. Bicycle ain't coming. You ain't going to Disney World. Not on his dime. Now what? You can respond to that one of two ways. You sit there, lay down, and quit. Or you can say, this is God testing me, preparing me for something extraordinary, showing me that I'm going to have to learn how to do it on my own. I'm going to have to find a way to make a way so that every day I can look at myself in the mirror and feel proud of who I am, know that I stood up in the face, in the face of terror. I will not be made to feel weak. You don't have to be in the best circumstances. I believe that one of the reasons why we opened a prep school in the hood was because I believe that if you gave our kids access to the same thing that kids in the suburb have, we would bust their ass. And to that end, we did. And to that end, we did. Meaning, we didn't just win academically. Last year before last, my last year there, we won a state championship in football with 80 boys in the school. 
That's some 300 stuff right there. <laughs> 80 boys in the school, 80 boys in the high school. We won the girls state championship in basketball four years in a row. So many times that they start changing rules. You can't go winning that much with that with little brown kids. They start changing rules on you. Say so you can't beat them by more Philly. Silly jobs. I mean, silly rules. And then we won the cross country state championship. Yup. Damn right. It was funny in the beginning, right? My little black Latino kids running around the block in basketball sneakers. Everybody, run for us, run. It was funny. Everybody thought it was funny. When they come to the meets, get lost. People thought it was funny. They were real polite. Just, oh, you kids are so polite. Yeah, they are. They be polite. Wait till you're looking at their backs. And then, when we won the state championship, it stopped being funny. I'm sitting at the state championship thing. Why ain't nobody laughing anymore? Hey, where was the funny? The fact is, you owe it to yourself to not allow anybody to put you in a box. You are more powerful than anyone has ever seen. There's something inside you that you have no idea about. Whoever brought you here tonight, whoever made this happen for you tonight, sees something you don't even see yourself. So whoever that was, whatever they tell you to do, do it. Shut your mouth and do it. Don't sit there and make it hard on them. Because let me just tell you, I love kids. I don't always like them. Let me be real with you. Be real with you. Y'all ain't, ain't always easy to like. Y'all ain't like yourselves many times, so it ain't even my fault. And so people get tired of telling you the same thing. I really need you to hear this. You get tired of your mother, your father, whoever saying something to you over and over again. You get tired of hearing it, we get tired of saying it. So damn it, do it. And then we can move on. Anybody gonna tell you again? Because the truth is at some point, somebody with something that you need is gonna say, you know what? You good, bro. Go ahead and do it your way. We had a young man who called himself, said he gonna leave our school, go back to his old school. All right, partner. Do that. His guys constantly called me last week. Doc, you think you guys can take it back? Nope. <laughs> he didn't believe that fire's hot and the ground is hard. And so we replaced him faster you can say Jackie Robinson. <laughs> so y'all need to understand that ain't nobody playing with you. And the harder your circumstances, the more you need to realize that you really need to listen. And you need to get it done. Find people who are living the lifestyle that you want. And if nothing else, do just what they do. And if you can't find those people, find people who live in the lifestyle you don't want and just do the opposite. You going up? While she going over there, um, everybody, I know social media um, live up in here. So do me a favor, when, when you are uh, tweeting or, or tagging on Facebook, if you could use um, at Athena underscore speakers on, on Twitter and then Facebook, at Athena Speakers Bureau, and then um, hashtag Steve Perry MKE and Team Athena. Okay? Dr. Perry, you speak with such conviction as a leader. I want to know how do you, where and how do you recruit teachers 
and ensure that they have the same conviction because the, once the class doors close, you have to make sure that they are speaking the same uh, thing that you are thinking. They have the same philosophy and methodologies and things that you are speaking ensure, to ensure that there's success. So where's the recruitment coming from, where and how, and then how do you ensure that it is a continuous process of progress throughout the school year? Thank you for that question. Before I answer that question, I want to make sure I, I acknowledge the rep tonight. Can y'all give it up for them, please? <laughs> Let me tell you why. My hope and expectation is that the rep after this event looks around this full house, this full house, and recognize that this is what your community wants. Your community wants to have honest conversations about what, we talk about education here tonight. We got black people, Latinos, poor, white, whatever color I can't see in the darkness up there. We got people of different religions, different faiths, all here tonight in Milwaukee on a Monday night, on a Monday night, fully engaged students who spent the entire day in school today so my hope is that the rep recognizes that this is where it's at. Like, for real, y'all do your other plays, awesome, this is dope, do that. But this right here, this is what the community is calling for. And since this is a community theater, listen to the community, because they done filled every seat down there in this place. Big ups again to Athena. Um, so I struggle with finding uh, teachers. I ain't gonna lie to you. Some of these grown people, woo, they give me the blues. Man, I don't like adults. They are tough. Hey, you know, and I'm gonna say something to the millennials for a second. Can y'all toughen up, please? My God. If I see one more dude in my office crying, Get your ass up, man. Damn. you. It's so hard. Oh, man. Kids right out there. Stop crying. Sorry, I was in a conversation I had Friday. So, People have asked me, how do you find people who are passionate about education? There are a couple of things that we do about our kids. There are a couple of things that we do that work when they work. Um, the first is we always look to hire people who coach or who volunteer in some way with their mosque, their synagogue, their church. Um, someone who's involved in the community as often as much as they can be. Even if they were in college when we, you know, just before we met them. I want people who are entrepreneurial. You know, I want somebody who's about, about their life, who's, who's got the hustle on. You know, I hired a woman one time because she told me she was a waitress. You think, well, why would you? Because she told me she was a waitress while she was in college. She had that and another job, and I thought, that's dope. Like, if she's in college, she's in college, and she's doing student teaching, and she's waiting tables just so she can make ends meet so she can teach one day, I'll give her a shot. I'll give her a shot. So we're looking for people who, who genuinely believe in kids. So we ask questions like that to, to better understand what it is that inspires them. I, I want a story. I hired somebody one time who um, I hired them to be a gym teacher. 
And she was completely unimpressive the entire interview. I mean, she was, my grandma said terrible. She was terrible. <laughs> and my interviews are real short if I'm not interested. Like, I know I'm supposed to ask all the questions, the same question to everybody. Whatever. Not doing that. <laughs> I don't have that much time on earth. I'm not trying to spend this time. I'm not spending 30 minutes asking you questions that I have no clear, I have no interest in hearing you answer. It's not good for either one of us, right? So I just cut to the chase. I said, tell me a story. Because this ain't really working for me. I said, tell me a time about when you lost. And she told me that she had uh, been recruited to play college soccer. And when she got to school, um, it didn't really pan out that first season. And so um, she had only a partial scholarship. And so the coach pulled her aside and said, you know, let's let you know that uh, you could go to another school and we would support you. She said, no, I came here and I'm staying. He said, you are not going to play here. I'm telling you now. She's like, OK, but I'm not going to quit. So she spent the next four years there. And he was right. She did not play. But she went to every practice, every game. I said, you know, I can, hire, I can work with somebody like that. So I want to find personal conviction. I want to find somebody who, who cares about what we care about, who's committed to our children. I also don't want people who are scared of kids. <laughs> and, and, and then I look for a presence. I wrote in, in the book I had before this one that I have that'll be coming out um, soon. I wrote that I look for attractive teachers and, and a, a person, uh, his name is Joel Klein, um, who was the chancellor of New York City's public schools, he read my book and he said, you know, you might want to restate the whole attractive thing. I said, well, I'm not talking about pretty. I'm talking about somebody who people care about. Like when they speak, somebody cares, to your point. Like, if I'm sitting with you, and it's just me and you, and you're trying to sell me on why I should pay you money to work with me, and I just want you to stop talking, you are not attractive to me. And what's worse is I put you in front of 23 of my kids, they're going to rip you up. Because my kids are my kids. They give it to you. They give you the business. I mean, they discipline when, when they know that I'm about to open the gates of hell on them. But sometimes, you know, in other folks' classes, they will show out. And I can't do that to that person or to my kids. And so the final thing that we do is that if it's not working, um, we part ways. We always have. Even when I ran a school uh, with seven unions. In 10 years, I never lost a grievance. In 10 years, no one who I let go was ever brought back. You gone, you gone. And so for me, if we can't work together, I told this woman, uh, she was pregnant and, you know, I said, because most people will feel bad. Like, you can't fire a pregnant lady. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> I said, that you might one day be a fantastic teacher. You might be amazing one day. Here's the problem. I need one today. <laughs> In the foreseeable future, I don't see incredible. 
So why are we going to do this to each other? You can tap out right here, and I will write you. And I said, no, what? You write you the best recommendation you can conjure. I will sign it. And you go on about your business. Or you call your union, and y'all can fight it. And I'm so going to fire you that you're going to wish you never saw me. So I signed her letter. <laughs> I don't know what's happened, but I did bring somebody else in who could teach my kids. Because th th let me tell you why. Is that I, she didn't, but we had a philosophical disagreement. Here's the problem. If I'm the boss, we can't have philosophical disagreement. <laughs> have an opinion, and you could find out how to make that happen. <laughs> and so she was of the belief, and her race is irrelevant, but she was of the belief that children should play more. And so she was a pre-K-4 teacher for us. And she thought that our children should spend more time playing. Cool. Except for the fact I want my four-year-olds reading. So I only got six and a half hours with them. I don't need that much recess. So I need them to read words, like words. I want them to be able to read Good Night Moon to themselves and to their class. I want them to get at Dr. Seuss. Like I want them four-year-olds, because your four-year-olds could do that, and her four-year-old will be able to do that. So I'm not going to let her drop the expectations on my kids because they're those kids. So we had a philosophical disagreement, and I'm not because why am I gonna argue with her? She's wrong. In my school, she's wrong. In another school, she might be right. In another school, she could go and she could say, We're gonna play, we're gonna create a Create a play space, we're gonna play in the sand and all that. Have at it. Have at it. But that's not what we're doing. And so for me, it isn't just who you keep, it's who you let go. And too few people get let go. And that's not cool. Because there are a lot of people, look, there's this brother who I have, he talked Spanish. Well, he spoke Spanish. He didn't necessarily teach it. <laughs> he performed it. But when all was said and done, he's the only cat in there who can speak Spanish. <laughs> I was paying this dude too much money to perform Spanish daily. So I said to him, when I pulled him in my office right before I fired him, I said, my, my man. If I had a sister, you could date her. Cause you're a good dude. He was a single dad, had two daughters. I mean, he was like, you see him when he's kid, he was, oh man, it was beautiful to see. But he was a terrible teacher. He could not, I said to him, man, there's gotta be some way for you to use this Spanish other than this, cause this is not it. You look a mess. You just look stressed, his tie would be crooked, his hair would be messed up, I'm like, bruh. It's not this hard, like, 
And I, you know, and I'm I'm good for throwing my arm around somebody's shoulder and saying, to them, "Man, what did you really want to be when you went to college? <laughs> like, what was it? What was it that your that spoke to your heart? Because this is just too hard for you. This shouldn't be this hard. You sit here every day. I'm looking at you. You look stressed. Oh my God. I don't want you coming in like you you give me the blues. I look at you like, damn. What? Oh my God. I don't want that for you. Life is too short. Get out there, man. Go do something fun. You got all these degrees. Go ahead. Sell it to somebody else. Cause these kids, but the problem is too many of our, too many of our principals are punks. They're scared. They're just straight scared. Just, just straight. Because they're afraid. Because the principal's job is a really lonely job. It is. You never do anything right. You never make anybody happy. You come in and somebody's already mad at you. You're like, I just got here. No matter what you do, there's somebody guaranteed who's mad at you at some point in the day. No matter what, you spin in place and they just drop it. They just drop it. You can't. And so a lot of principals, what happens is they play themselves. They think, you know what? I'm gonna be friends with these people. I'm gonna be friends. It's like the parent who wants to be friends with their child. It never goes well. I've done that. Had people to my house. Did all kinds of things. I remember one time. This is the truth. Our largest staff was 100 people. You buy anything for 100 people, you are spending a lot of money. I'm for real. There's no easy way to back into 100. $10 gets you to 1,000, no matter which way you're doing it. It's real money. But I try to treat my people right. Because you work with me, you busting your behind. You earn this money, for real. So I bought everybody hats. <laughs> and one of my colleagues said, hats again? <laughs> That's why they asked, I got hot chocolate packets after that. <laughs> hot chocolate in a mug. Figure it out among yourselves. <laughs> a box of Swiss Miss and a couple mugs from the dollar store. Now what? You want that hat, don't you? Your one cup of coffee drinking. So, um, can everybody join me in thanking Dr. Perry? For, uh,